Welcome to Mosaic Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Mosaic Church, Leeds, based in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information on Mosaic Church, please visit mosaic-church.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Great. That's helpful. I thought that's what you were going to say, which is good. So we're not going to address every single one of these, but I do think actually Paul speaks into these four kind of areas of what makes prayer difficult. And Paul says four things in these verses that I think really help us when it comes to prayer. He says, if we have that on the screen, hopefully, he says, the Lord is near. The Lord is near, and later he says, in every situation. The second, he says, we can speak to God by prayer and petition. Thirdly, we are able to give thanks, or we can give thanks to God. And fourthly, we can present our requests to God. And I think, actually, what we'll see is that Paul's addressing these difficulties when it comes to prayer. So, the Lord is near to us in every situation. So, wouldn't it be easy if you could just see God? That was Dave's point, right? Wouldn't it be easy if you could be face-to-face with God, you could kind of check his body language out, work out how he's feeling towards us? But because we can't see him, he feels far away. He feels distant. It's easy to think that God is up there, we're down here, and that he doesn't really care about us, or he doesn't know our situation, or he's just distant from the whole thing. And for some of you, this might be reinforced by life experience. So um, for me, growing up, uh, my parents got divorced when I was kind of 10 years old. And so my relationships with my parents after that point were a lot more shallow than they had been before. They were a lot more distant than they had been before that point. And so my experience of a parental role is somebody who's slightly distant, interested and loving, but slightly further away. So it's easy for me to just say, well, God must be really similar to that. And so for some of you, your what you've experienced in life will inform how you view God. And it, it's very easy to think that he's just far away and he's not interested. But Paul speaks into that, and he says, even though we might think God is far away, even though we might feel like God is distant or disinterested, we have to know the complete opposite is true. He says, the Lord is near. He's saying God is intimately close to you, and the the sense of God is near has a second kind of possible meaning, which is the Lord is about to act. So the Lord is close to you and is about to act. Now, and Im- uh, this is imperfect, but an imperfect analogy that I quite like for God being near is from Harry Potter. Most of my childhood is based around Harry Potter, and so <laughs> it informs a lot of how I view God. In the books, Harry Potter has an invisibility cloak, which means he can sneak into lots of rooms and be unseen. He can be very close to people, but they have no idea he is there at all. Other times, he can take off his invisibility cloak and people think he's just appeared in the room. But actually, he's been there the whole time. Now, his two friends, Ron and Hermione, they often know when he's wearing his cloak. And so they can have total confidence that he is still in the room even though they can't see him. And they'll talk to him. Yes, they sometimes find it a bit weird, but they don't ignore him. And I think that's quite a good analogy for God. God is near. God is present with us all the time. Sometimes, maybe our experience is we've been somewhere and it feels as though God's just popped up. He's just appeared and he's just done something. But that isn't true. He is always present with us, even if we can't see him. And if you're a Christian, God's spirit actually lives in you. There's never a moment 
in your uh, present or in your future where God will not be close to you. By his spirit, he is always near. Now, in conversations between Christians, you will often hear um, a question, which is, how's your time with God going? Or how's your prayer life going? Or how's your devotional life going? And Alex touched on this. What It's a fine question. I ask it all the time. But what you're implicitly saying is, how's your time with God going here? Maybe we're talking about our morning time when we're alone with God. And then we talk about kind of life generally. So what we can easily come to the conclusion is, God's here in my bedroom or my study or wherever I do my morning time and I spend time with him. And then I shut the door and I go off on my day, but God stays in the room until the next morning when I check back in with him. Now, we're not saying that, but I think for a lot of us, that is our conception of God. But actually, God is with us. He's near all the time. He is always close to us. He goes through every situation that we go through. He, he hears everything we say. He knows every thought in our heart. He's, he's our constant companion, despite how we might think or feel. So we can say to ourselves, he's near all the time. So we can pray whenever we want to, whenever we need to, regardless of how our time with God in the morning went or didn't go. And that's what Paul goes on to say next. So, so sorry, for this section, busyness, you can't see him, tiredness, he's always there, he's always present, and he knows what you're going through, so you can, whether you're tired or not, he knows that you're tired, so he's not expecting, like, this lengthy prose. You can say, God, I'm tired, but this is the first thing I want to say or the last thing I want to say in the day. Secondly, Paul says, He's always with you. You can always speak to him. You can always pray to him. He uses two words. He says you can uh, speak to him through prayer or petition. Prayer is is literally speaking to God. It's a conversation with God. Petition is like an it's like an urgent plea. It's like a nine 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 emergency call. And Paul's saying you need both. You need the ongoing conversation and you need the nine 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 emergency calls. Neither is more holy or more valid than the other one. Both are signs of a good friendship. So last Wednesday. Um, Where's Jess? So last Wednesday, we had mission group at our house, and Jess was there, and it was, uh, it was a good time, and we had lots of conversation, good chat, and it was a way of building relationship with Jess. It was great. And then 11 o'clock at night, we got a phone call from Jess, who'd got home, saying, can you take me to hospital? Because when I left your house, I tripped over and I hurt my hand. Now, at that point, me and Rianne didn't say, no, your conversation tonight wasn't good enough, so you can just get to hospital by yourself. Of course we didn't. We said, yeah, we'll come and take you to hospital, we'll take you to A&E. Um, but how often do we think that the, the funny scenario that I painted is what we think God thinks of us? We think, oh, I didn't really chat to God much this morning, so now I'm in this emergency situation, but he's not going to want to hear that because he's like, well, you didn't chat to me earlier. But that isn't how God works. He doesn't work on that kind of system. Uh, we think he only accepts these kind of long, holy, lengthy prayers, but I don't think there is any way of talking to God that is off limits. You can shout, you can cry, you can be really random, you can be really vague, but you can also be really specific. You can be happy, you can be joyful, you can be sorrowful. Uh, to be honest, I think a lot of the time we just overcomplicate prayer. We make it something different to our normal, everyday language. There isn't this need for structure or show. You can just speak to him. We are described as his children. You see kids coming before their parents. It's just natural. It's messy. It's emotional. And normally as kids grow up, there is a maturity in their language. But often there's also a... They learn that their parents only respond to certain ways of talking to them. 
But God isn't like that, I don't think. There is to be a maturity in our relationship with God, but there's lots of times that we've put onto God something that isn't of him. We've put onto him this kind of, he only accepts certain ways of us talking, which just isn't true. So this is, um, what is prayer? What are the right words? Well, whatever, whatever's going on in your heart, those are the right words. Whatever you need to say to God, those are the right words. Whenever you need to speak to him, that's the right time. Thirdly, Paul says we, are, we can give thanks, or we are to give thanks. I think Paul here is tackling big questions, doubt, disappointment. Uh, does God answer prayer? Can we trust him? Uh, and both of those questions come up more or less when you look ahead to the future. When you look to the future and you go, I'm not sure about this or this or this or this situation is out of my control, you go, can God answer that? Can, is God in control? Can I trust him? And Paul's saying, okay, you're worried about the future and the way that you help yourself with the future is you look to the past. You look to the things that you can give thanks to God for. Because the past, it's like... I couldn't think of a great analogy, but it's like an internet history. The past logs everything that you've seen, everything that you've experienced, and it acts as a record of all the times that God has been good to you, all the times that he's been faithful to you, he's answered your prayers, he's proved himself to be trustworthy. So often when we're looking to the future and going, God, can I trust you with this? Can I know that you're going to answer this prayer? Can I know that you hear this prayer? You look to the past and you go, okay, what's God's track record in my life? Is it good? Is it bad? And when you look to the past, it's so much easier to see the ways that God has guided you, had his hand over you, brought you through times of difficulty, or spoken to you and been close to you in times of difficulty. And for some of you are like, yeah, but you don't know my past. Maybe it's checkered. Maybe it's harder to see God at work. And I totally appreciate that. But there is a point in the past that you can always look back to. And the point is Christ on the cross. The point is Jesus on the cross. Christ going to the cross for our sin, when we were rebellious against him, he says, in love and out of forgiveness and grace, I'm going to take that on myself to set you guys free, to bring you forgiveness. We can always thank God for that moment. We can always go back and go, thank you that there is forgiveness today. Thank you that your mercy is fresh today. So for Hillary in the guilt, thank you, Lord, that I can know I'm forgiven. Thank you that you can set me free from the guilt that I might feel. Not just for Hillary, for everybody in the room. I'm really sorry, I keep singling you out, but I don't mean to. And I think this does help us with doubt and disappointment. The more we're thankful to God, the more we recognize what he's done, the more we build trust with him. And the fourth one, the fourth one's the biggie, which is really interesting because you said this is the one that you said least about. But maybe that's um, revealing. The fourth thing Paul says is we can present our requests to God. So Thanksgiving is often looking back, presenting requests is often looking forward. And with everything that Paul has said, um, with all that in mind, it would make total sense that we'd present all our requests to God. The fact that he's near, the fact that, sorry, the fact that God is near, not Paul, the fact that God is near, that we can speak to him any time, that we can look and see all the things that he's done, see the ways that he's been good and loving to us. Paul says the flow of that is that you'd present your requests to God. So I want to do a quick test of the water. Can you put up your hand if you would pray for a car parking space? Okay, I'm, I think that's about 25% of people. Would you pray for help when you're at work if you need to word a difficult email? Would you stop and kind of pray beforehand? Okay, that was a few more, maybe 30%. If someone you knew was sick, would you pray for healing? Okay, 
Yeah, so holy a prayer request. That one's gone up. Maybe 50, 60% of people. Would you pray, you're going into something that you're worried or scared about. Do you pray for God to help you in that situation? Okay, that's probably about the same as the healing one. Paul's mindset is, why did you guys not put up your hands for every single one of those questions? What is stopping you presenting a request to God? And I think... Often, again, we've put limits on our minds of these requests are off limits. These are things that I can't ask God about. So maybe we just think it's too small. This is too a car parking space. Does God really care? It's such a small thing. I'm, I'm just not going to bother praying about it. Or we go, I, you know, what? I can just crack on by myself. I just don't need God for this section. I don't need God to help me find a car parking space. I don't need God to help me at my work because I'm pretty good at my job, so I don't really need him. Or or we think our request is selfish, so we don't want to bring it to God. So so I'm not going to ask you to put up your hands for this one, but lots of us have been on holiday, and I don't know, but I don't know how many of us was prayed about whether it was the right thing to go on holiday or how much money to spend that holiday, and it's gone very quiet in the room. <laughs> And there's something in us that goes, maybe if I present that to God, what if God said no? What if God, I know that he loves me, but what happens if he kind of said no, which maybe means he doesn't love me, or maybe I know that it's a bit, maybe I think it's selfish, and so I'm not sure what God would think about that. And so we just go into this kind of internal um, misconception about who God is and so we say okay I'm not going to bring that to him because it's not a godly thing to bring to him or maybe we just don't pray about something because we don't want God to change our plans we're like I think this is a really good future for me so I don't really want God to mess it up so I'm just not going to tell him Um, because we know right if we don't tell God something he doesn't know it (laughs) whatever the reason we often have an, an internal list of things that are off limits that we just wouldn't bring to God. And a big question is, can we be honest with God? Will he accept our honesty? And the answer is yes. Why is the answer yes? Because he doesn't accept us based on how holy our prayer request list is. He accepts us because he loves us unconditionally. He, we can trust he wants the best for us. We look back to the cross and goes, he would go to the cross for me when I didn't even care about him, when I'm totally disinterested in him, he offers forgiveness. Of course he wants the best for me. Of course he loves me unconditionally. Of course I can trust him. And the thing is, in life, we have big things that we desire, don't we? We have, maybe, so if we're really honest, maybe for some of us, we, we desire a person. We desire a spouse. We desire a husband or a wife. Or others, as others of us, we desire a child, like a first child or a second child or a third or a fourth. I don't know how many kids we've got. Or a house or a lifestyle or some kind of healing or emotional well-being. The thing is, God knows you desire it. So what are you achieving by not bringing it to him? What do we do with those desires? What, we do, what do we do with those requests? Because we can ignore God. We just take God out of the equation. Uh, but then we end up with this kind of distant feeling. God's not involved, but it's because we, we're not involving him. And so we kind of go, oh, you're distant. But he's like, I want to, I'm there. I'm with you. Speak to me about what's going on in your heart. Or we involve God, but kind of in a, pious maybe is the wrong word, but in a kind of, fake godly way so we go to god and go i'm not going to tell you 
what I really desire, but I'm going to say, God, change my heart and make me content with my current situation, which is good, and it is godly, and I would commend you to pray that prayer. But if you just pray that side of the prayer without the honesty, it's, you're kind of faking it with God, because you're going, God, make me this godly, righteous person who's content in all circumstances, but also who doesn't really speak to you honestly about what I want. And I don't really think that is what God's after. He wants both sides of us. Um, and I think we can involve God in our desires. And so if I'm, if I'm really honest, like I love having Sophie, she's an amazing child, but someday I think I'd like a second child, I'd like a second baby. Now, I have to reconcile that in my heart with we live in a world that's broken and so there are miscarriages and there are stillbirths and um, just infertility and it's difficult and it's hard and it's horrendous sometimes to conceive and we know loads of people that have gone through those situations. So what do I do with that? I could say, God, just make me content with Sophie, but really I've got this kind of harboring desire for a second child. Or I could just ignore God uh, or I could involve both of these things. I can involve my desire and I can involve God. And I can say, God, I really want a second baby. And I really want them to sleep well and be healthy and get on with Sophie. But I know I live in a broken world. And so I do want you to make me content with the fact that we could only have one child. I know you're good, and if we do have a second baby, it's a good gift from you, and I want to recognize it as that. But I know that uh, you know the future, and you're in control, and so I want to, I want to be able to trust you. And that's, that's the prayer. It's both sides. Is it an easy prayer? No, it's not an easy prayer. Is it an honest prayer? Yes, it's an honest prayer. And what does it do? It builds my relationship with God. It builds my trust with God. It builds my, the belief in my mind that he is near. I can come to him with everything, and I can come to him all the time, with all the mess. And that isn't an articulate prayer. I mean, it's the most articulate because I wrote it down. But it's like the, the gut-wrenching kind of like, oh, this is what I want, comes out much differently to that. So what would your honest requests be today? What, are you, what, are you, what do you have a desire for? And have you taken it to God? And have you taken it regularly to God? Every time it burns through your mind when you're trying to go to sleep at night or in the middle of the day and you're daydreaming, the Lord is near. Pray to him at all times. What would honesty with God look like? What do you need to bring to him? Paul ends by saying in verse 7, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know what's fascinating about this? Paul doesn't say, pray and ask God for peace. And I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But he doesn't say pray and ask God, to pre, ask God for peace. He says pray and the peace of God will fill you. As we pray, we come near to God. We remember what he's done and we thank him. We present our requests to him and we bring ourselves honestly before him. That's what's going on in prayer. And God brings peace into our hearts in that moment. How? Because... In doing those things, we're putting our faith in God. We're putting our faith that he is with us, so we can talk to him all the time. We're putting our faith in the fact that he loves us, so he wants us to talk to him. We're putting our faith in the fact that he is powerful and he is able, so we can ask him for the big and the small things. We're putting our faith in the fact that he's good to us, so we can trust him with our requests. We're putting our faith in the fact that he is in control, so we can present our plans for the future to him, but we can know we can trust him with it. 
And when we do this, we deepen our relationship with him. We deepen our relationship with the powerful, loving, sovereign God of the universe who cares for us, who desires us, who loves us. Just before the service, Matt had a picture of a a set of weighing scales. And on the one side is all the worry and all the anxiety and all the fretfulness. And it's, it's really far down and you're weighed down by it. And on the other side is God. And as you pray, you go, God is good. God is sovereign. God is in control. God loves me. God desires me. God is powerful. God is able. And suddenly all of this stuff doesn't feel as heavy, doesn't feel as hard. And the peace of God is flooding your hearts as you come to him in prayer. Because we recognize no situation that we face is daunting to God and he's with us. No future is out of his control. No circumstance can separate me from him or from his presence. Nothing can change my destination of being with God forever. And he knows me. He wants me and he accepts me as, as I am with all my honesty, all my junk. So Paul is chained to a prison guard, hungry and uncomfortable and awaiting somebody to come and deliver his death sentence to him. And he says, oh, guys, don't be anxious about anything. Pray and the peace of God will fill you. My situation is not out of God's hands. My future is not out of God's control. I could fill books with the stories from my life of where God has been faithful to me. And I'm not alone in this prison cell. God is with me. And I can speak to him all the time. I can bring before him everything that is on my mind. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, which transcends my circumstances, fills me and guards my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. It feels like the appropriate way to end a preach on prayer is to pray. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, I praise you. I thank you so much that you're here. You are with us. You've not come down to meet with us. You've been with us the whole time. You were with us as we walked through the door this morning by your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you'd help us to be honest with you now. I pray that you'd help us to come before you with everything, to lay it at your feet, to know that you are a big enough God that you can handle the things that are in our hearts. Holy Spirit, come and fill us afresh. Make us more aware of your presence dwelling inside us. And I pray, Lord, you'd lead us into freedom today. A freedom that leads to such a deep relationship with you. Where we are just honest, where we're raw, where we show you how we're feeling. We give you our honesty. We give you all our requests. And Lord, I pray from this, this moment going out of this day... We'd know that you're near us and we can pray to you all the time. I pray that when the rubber hits the road and the alarm clock goes off in the morning, we remember those words. The Lord is near in every situation. Thank you, Lord.